Let's Podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias inside Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. But folks, it's Thursday. It's just past two o'clock. We are live on YouTube. You know what that means. It's a sleek fleet OG live. Check them out online, sleek-fleet.com. I can't wait until we're live on Thursday at the ACC tournament, and it will be a Sleek Fleet Live brought to you by Copiers Plus, specially presented by <laughs> Hometown Realty. I have gone full corporate champion for us for the ACC tournament. I cannot wait. This is why I can't put make... the tattoos on my head. I'm ready. This is why I can't make fun of. This is why I cannot make fun of the ACC announcement this week that they partnered with Dr. Pepper and Crush. Okay. Orange Crush. Yeah. Right. And it's like, ha ha. So, you know what? I take an official soda of the OG. Uh huh. You want to be OG brought to you by Czech Soda? Fine. So be it. I well, don't care. Well, we have an official gambling partner of the OG now. We do. Yes. Finally happened. Where are the shorties? Why am I not drinking? It's Thursday. I was not going to ask Brownlow. Hey, Rilo, get me some beers, but not going to do that. I'll just get the beers no, myself. No, no. Oh, no but listen, <laughs> Lauren, Lauren is here, but not here yet. We're get you, to Lauren in a second. Okay. What you need, though, for Sleek Fleet, if you're going Hold to on, the arena. Turn your mic on. What'd you say? It's an, that'd be an HR report from me. You're asking me to get some beers. Plot How twist. You? Plot twist. We don't have an HR. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well. Don't tell anybody that you're in charge of HR. <laughs> oh, no. 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 Listen, Sleek oh, Fleet Live, no. if you're going to Sleek Fleet, OG Live. You're going to the arena. You're going to the airport. You want to go downtown. Maybe you're starting to think about the U.S. Open and your transportation to Pinehurst. Well, Sleek Fleet has you covered in style. Go check them out. It's sleek-fleet.com. But yeah, do we want to uh, do we want to announce our official sports wagering partner? I was I was actually going to control myself today, but. I mean, do we want to win out or do we want to wait till Monday? No, you can tell them today because by the time they need to know, because on Monday, then all of a sudden it's you, all in. You got to get that money. You got to get that sign up. So it's all about DraftKings. There is no other company but DraftKings. That's it. That's it. It's the only one you need to know. Uh, amusingly enough, it's the one that I know how to use. <laughs> amusingly enough, it's the one when I drafted Virginia, I already used. See, so there you go. Cheers. It all works out. So shout out to DraftKings. They'll be jumping on board. You'll, see, you'll hear more about that on Monday. Uh, speaking of the speaking of the ACC, I guess we can start here because I was at the Duke game last night. Look at you! You are quite the joiner. Did you go to the Carolina and Duke games this week? What do you mean joiner? Is what I've been doing all season. Oh my gosh! Oh, what a busybody! No, you have to show up at Duke. Though. All right, let's just bring Lauren in. Sorry, I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Lauren's just like Julia's looking at me too, so I'm like, no. <laughs> Hold on, let me get to the three box here. Listen, you have to you have to do FaceTime at Duke and you especially have to do it at the exact type of games like last night. So I do get it. Because mm-hmm. I thought about texting and be like, Why are you going to that game? But then I was you like, know why. I do know why. Yeah. And even then if it you doesn't don't show matter. up at that game, you better you might find yourself in the auxiliary press seating for a Carolina game. So yeah, I was gonna say you're showing up for that game. Hey, look, in Coach K's final season, you and I made a point. Uh-huh. To go as to many Duke games as possible. My first year covering Duke, every single game. Every, every single game. freaking game. And it still, it still didn't do the job. We still oh, only I, got I, one seat. I actually did. I got rewarded my first year. So that's how I learned how the game worked. When Plizka <laughs> did something nice for me. And I was like, oh, so this really is how it works. It's it, Okay, cool. We're good. Fair enough. I'm already in the comments. Yeah, Bradley. I like that. 
Get henna tattoos as sponsors on the forehead. Yeah. It's one way. We're for sale, man. We're for sale. It's one way to do it. We're temporary. So this is true. Right. (laughs) Um, so I was at the game last night. It was a boring game. Duke is way better than, than right. Louisville. I actually texted uh, Mark Ennis, who covers Louisville. He does sports talk radio up in Louisville. I'm like, how do you watch this? <laughs> how do you watch this Louisville team? And essentially, it's, it's uh, all Louisville fans. All they do is hate watch. Mm-hmm. They, they, There's a lot to be As a Panthers fan, I can say there there is some benefit to that I, when you're bad. But there does come a point of <laughs> diminishing returns in hate watching. Yeah, I know. I do feel like yes. the Panthers this past year went beyond. Oh no, I it broke the hate watch. I'm, I, I was broken. By but it. Louisville fans truly hate watch Kenny Payne's teams, and I'm watching poor Nolan Smith probably have like going through the cycle of I'm back in this building. I used to be in this mm. building. Life was good. Now I'm on this train. I don't wreck. want this for Nolan. And there's like an open. You can openly tell that Kenny Payne does not like his team, and I'm pretty sure the team does not like him back. So like it's of, visible. A lot of bad faces. Oh, terrible faces. I th- Again, we'll, we'll have a Colton Tudor story. Okay. Tudor used to make us look up the TV ratings to show, like, he was trying to show the editors, hey, this is what people care about. So mm-hmm. these are the things that we should be Since writing about. they don't about. ever believe us, do right. they? The right. people who actually know. <laughs> so one of the times we would, you know, during Super Bowl, Final Four, other big events, he'd say he would go, hey, gather the ratings in other markets mm-hmm. for sporting events. And consistently, Louisville. Louisville is a market final four, yep. Super Bowl, um, college World Series, all college football playoff. They love to they watch. love not just their team, Everybody. but they're totally invested into college sports. And two things I don't think people realize without my experience of covering the Atlantic Division, right? You go to Louisville and you realize what a sports city it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you go to Syracuse where you realize what a basketball town For sure. Syracuse is. And what why the ACC is, is on Joe Lenardi's shit list mm-hmm. is because those two brands who were in the Big East, by the way. I, I think you said a are, big part of the reason. Are really <laughs> down. Uh, well, Syracuse is trying. Louisville's just down so bad right now. You say hate watching. It's a true passion. It is. It would be like if Matt Doherty was was given more than one eight and twenty season. Right. Truly, that's how much they care. So you you mentioned Joe Lenardi. Let's go ahead and start with that. Uh, Joe Lenardi was tweeting through it last night or this morning, but I feel like there's more context that's needed. Earlier this week, Scott Van Pelt on his Sports Center SVP decided to address the net and kind of hit on the talking points that you and I have been talking about, Brian Lowe, we've been talking about regarding the net and gaming the system. Yeah. And it really hit a fever pitch. Thanks to Steve Forbes, Wake Forest head coach. This is where, this is why I'm wearing the home field. Julio's Deeks big four shirt here. Yeah. It's such a great shirt. It is a great shirt. (laughs) So it's incredible. Forbes just dropped the hammer, the hammer on Lenardi. And brought forth more discussions about the weirdness of the net. So Scott Van Pelt decided, all right, let's let's address this. And it was his one big thing. It's about a three-minute clip. I'm going to play it because I think it's important for the context of where we're going to go forward. Brad Brownell point out another interesting reason why. They have effectively manipulated those net rankings in a way which benefits them significantly. Mm. On WCCP Radio, Brownell said, quote, they're playing 300 level teams and winning by 40 
and 50 points to increase their offensive and defensive efficiency numbers, which is a big part of the net tool. Now, I need to interject that's not entirely correct. The quality of the opponent is taken into account. Once again, back to the Brownell quote, he added, our league has zero teams in the top 50 of the net that have a non-conference schedule of 250 or higher. The Big 12 has six teams. I appreciated Coach being willing to name names, and Brownell did, specifically pointing out Cincinnati and Iowa State as examples of out-of-conference schedules that were, to use his word, awful. So I looked. It's hard to argue it's not a fact. And here's where fans get mad. So Cyclone fans, please listen to your boy. Iowa State, I know you're good because you are. But looking at your out-of-conference, and you see exactly what Brownell's talking about. Outside of a big win over in-state rival Iowa, it was mostly blowouts over hopelessly overmatched teams. It did, though, also include losses to Texas A&M and the ACC's own Virginia Tech, which, no shock, Brownell mentioned in noting the ACC is 9-3 and against the mighty Big 12 in head-to-head games this year. That includes Clemson's win over TCU. And again, I quote Brownell, we played TCU, beat TCU. TCU's doing well in the Big 12. And I remember preparing for the TCU game and telling my staff, look who they played. They haven't played anybody. Every game's Abilene Christian and Houston Baptist. We're getting ready to play them. We've already played a really hard schedule, but look at their net. Their net rankings get up, and then when they beat each other, they don't have bad losses. And that, as I mentioned earlier, is the way you can game this one particular data point that the committee uses. In a sense, you have a cheat code if you can artificially bump up your net ranking out of conference, and that means you're effectively depositing money that you draw down against in conference play. If this sounds like preemptive sour grapes from the Tigers coach, it's not. Clemson started the day 23 in the net, 24 in the Ken Pond. They're a tournament team this year. But he does believe that it played a role in keeping Clemson out of the tournament last year. As I said at the start, more than one thing can be true at once. And as I always say, there are facts and opinion. My opinion is the Big 12 is the best conference. The out-of-conference schedule numbers are facts. But you can use the bug in the system to your advantage, which they have. And I would add one more fact to this. The ACC can do the exact same thing next season. Nobody's stopping you. Schedule accordingly. So that's lots of facts. That's Scott Van Pelt on SportsCenter. I'm aware that the audio was a little funky on YouTube. Yes, I will fix it for the podcast version itself. So apologies that it came through so quiet. Um, but here's the thing. I appreciate the Scott Van Pelt laid out a lot of things that we've been talking about for mm-hmm. the last couple of months. I appreciate that Scott Van Pelt was trying to be as fair as possible for these types of things because he's very, very good at that. Yeah. But here's where Scott Van Pelt is wrong. And I tweeted this out and I'll add my own one big thing. What he said at the end, you know, use the bug that's now a feature to your own advantage. The ACC can't do that. Because we know what the game is. That's right. We, the game is the game. I didn't used to say this, but I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm here now because game, I've just seen it. Like, the game is the game. The game's the game. And the point. game is the game. The game being that if the ACC were to do this, it bad. would absolutely be called out for being manipulative of the system. Well, because, because what what Scott Van Pelt is talking about, and what we've been talking about, is stuff that Coach K talked about years ago when it came to the net and the numbers that are going in that other coaches have brought up with the net and going in. I mean, state literally missed the tournament yes. before for having okay. a bad schedule. Why did, why did state miss the tournament again? Joe? Well, I mean, to okay. be fair, it was second worst in the country, but still they had us the worst. Oh, was it the worst? Sorry. Yeah. No, this is fast. This is fascinating. Let's go a little inside baseball. Okay. Here. Let's go full. Cause I know where this came from. Mm-hmm. Cause it was also shared with me. 
And uh, Terrence Oglesby was the first to espouse like, hey, wait a second, the Big 12, yeah. look what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And the, the part that he went full conspiracy on was that Jamie Pollard is Iowa State's athletic director. Mm-hmm. And that somehow... Jimmy Pollard as the head of the selection committee has access to what the net formula is. And that's why Iowa state in particular has been an early mover on manipulating the net. Sure. Now this was sent to me and my initial thought was now, wait a second, Bubba Cunningham was the head of the selection committee the previous year. So if there was in inside I mean, information to ha- to be had, why wouldn't maybe he just didn't Bubba have that? So I, I am glad that Scott Van Pelt left the Jamie Pollard part out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do That's think it much. is I do think it is part of why some from the coaches from their perspective it's been sent to me. That's something they won't say like it's, in public because they know better. But, but it's been yeah, yeah, sent yeah, to me okay. by more than one. Sure, I get that. You. This is wonky that Jamie Pollard, the the AD at Iowa State is the head of the committee and it does seem like they have quote unquote cracked the code when now, it comes to the net. I was actually talking about this with Luke DeCock of the News and Observer last night uh, ahead of the Duke game when we were, when all this stuff was coming up and the Van Pelt thing was going viral. And he also pointed, he's like, isn't that what happened at NC State? NC State, I, I just, what I remembered from that year that NC State missed the tournament with having the worst non-conference schedule was, well, it was the, nurse, the worst non-conference schedule. What I forgot got hammered over and over again. But what I had forgotten was that NC State did what Iowa State did. They hammered everybody. If you go back and you look at the yeah. Kempom, they beat everybody like yeah. way more than the spread. So they're still the highest net rated team to miss the field. Yes. yes. NC State is from yes. 2019, which was the first year of the net. Here's where people and you I've been talking to you about this. I've have been talking to, you know, I've had conversations with Bubba about this. It's important that you beat the teams in your conference that are going to make the NCAA tournament. Correct. In 2019, that's the year NC State did not make the NCAA tournament. But they beat Auburn. Virginia, Carolina, (laughs) and Duke. Never forget. Virginia, Carolina, and Duke were number one seeds. Mm -hmm. They lost five total games to those three teams. No shame. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. No, but you say. didn't beat them. You gotta beat one of them. And what people don't well, realize, why and what- do you have to beat? That's what drives me nuts, though. Too, it didn't used to be that way. Like it used to be, you could lose like nine games, and if you didn't beat Carolina or Duke, nine or ten games, if you didn't beat Carolina or Duke, it wouldn't keep you out of the tournament. I think it's because you would beat other tournament teams. Yeah, right. So if right, you right. go, if we keep okay, on, yeah. if we keep on nineteen, FSU, Virginia Tech, and Louisville were all. Um, Florida State and Virginia no, Tech were number four seeds. Virginia Tech was a final eight team. Remember, they lost to Duke in the final eight, or mm-hmm. they lost to Duke in the Sweet 16. Right. So the, those were really good teams, and they were in the field solidly. And NC State's record against those teams mm-hmm. was not good. That's why NC State didn't get in that year, ultimately. Ultimately. And I think last yeah. year for Clemson, they had a win over Duke, if I'm not mistaken, last mm-hmm. year. Yeah, I have to go back and look. But that was when Duke was kind of down early in the season. It was on their home floor. Maybe that, in December even, which also hurts you too. Like right. It's almost like if you beat a team in December, it becomes like, well, it was a long time ago. Clemson last year could not offset two Q4 losses. Even yeah, though, even that was though, brutal. Even though one was to their rival, South Carolina. Scheduling was a big reason right? they were mm-hmm. out so last year. Yeah, there, You can go year by year and explain all this stuff. I, I do know, I do understand what the Big 12 has done. I've even, I've even said this to Kevin Keats personally. Don't play 
the 300 level teams because they'll usually bring you down. They will. That's what play a division yeah. two team. You see mid majors do count. this a lot. It, the math does not count mm-hmm. in the book. Mm-hmm. So you get the reps, your team gets experience, but the win doesn't matter. So does it hurt you help you? Nothing. Right. It just doesn't exist in the committee's eyes. So there's mm-hmm. ways around all of this stuff. Never forget. I think it was Southwest Missouri state was like 18 in the RPI the last year of the RPI yeah, and did not make the NCAA tournament because they were in the, they, they, everyone figured out the RPI basically don't yeah. play at home. Don't play a single non-conference right. game at home. Right. So this continues into the overnight and into this morning. And I guess Joe Lenardi at 1051 <laughs> decided to tweet through it. And right off the bat, I have a problem with what he said. Quote, I've been reluctant to wade into the Big 12 is gaming the system debate, primarily because it's impossible to know. And those who insist they know are simply more insistent than they are correct. Here's there is that. (laughs) Here's what we actually do know. But right off the bat, I'm reluctant to wade into this very specific bracketology problem, while at the same time being ESPN's front facing and only bracketologist. I just don't know if wank. I want to get into this, guys. Sorry. I just don't. I just don't know if I want to get into this. You're guys. still saying wank doing the hand wank yeah, gesture. Yeah, it's the hand wank. Uh, gesture. That's what. That's my response to that. Get over yourself, dude. <laughs> what? What do you th- like? What do you think you're the president? Like, what are you talking like that for? You're not that important. Like, come on. Uh, he thinks he's that important. Come on. You talk about sports for. You talk about a bracket that's not going to be built until March. Right. You'll start talking about it in November. You're talking right. about a team's out because they lose to like a one seed in, on the road. In, like, it's sports. <laughs> literally happened this year. I didn't make that one up. Like, that sounds like a ridiculous scenario. Oh, I would make up. It's the most important yeah. thing ever, sports. Pitts swabbled burst because they lost at Clemson the other day. They're out yeah, now. It's they're over. Out. Yeah. They can't get back in. That's a that's television. Just, that's a television product. It's like while we do entirely yeah, way but, too early top 25. Well, it is, right? But it's like you said, Watch with like the game. Usage. Here's the thing. Like, the she game does. is the game. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's something that they don't do. It feels like with other leagues, like it's not like any other bubble teams lose, and they're all of a sudden like, oh, they're out forever. Yeah. Like it's just it becomes so freaking dramatic. But, like, but, we see it, we see it, we see the disproportionate like way that the bubble teams, in my opinion, are talked about. It's like yeah. they lose a game and all of it. Like, why was Clemson being discussed as being out? Like to lose at Duke by two points, like it, you know, a couple weeks ago. Like it's absurd. They were in sure. the. 20 somethings in net. Not sure. And I, I read that tweet from Lenardi where he just talks about, I've been reluctant to do so. And it's like, well, why are you reluctant to do so? Is it because of requ- the queen, the queen well, of England? Uh, no, I don't know if it's that. Okay. Oh, yeah, I can't weigh in here. Yeah, well, I don't you're know. Not I don't making know. The bracket, though, like that's the thing. Like, you're. It'd be one thing if you were making the actual no, the, bracket. The, I like, think. I think what I'm trying to get at here is with Lenardi. If his whole entire shtick is, I'm informing you of how this process works. Like, I know what the secret sauce is. I know what the committee's talking about. I know what the, what's being discussed. Okay. Well, then why shouldn't you be upfront in talking about this? Exactly. And to me, that's literally the, your what, job to me. What that screams is, I don't want to do my job. Because it might uncover some truths that I'm not quite sure I really want to discuss because it would make me look bad. That, that's how it comes across. It's not that who died and made him king. I mean, it's he, more like, about I am afraid of what this might actually well, do. Because like, he even said it himself. Know. He even said it himself. It's impossible to know. No, it's not. And then he goes in. He goes all these numbers and 
you know, expected margin of injury. He starts giving you all sorts of really, it's, really nerdy it's stuff. It's like he wants proof that all the Big 12 coaches sat down and were like, let's give Maybe. this net. Or it's like, was. that's not what people are talking about, dude. So, Lenardi then says, bottom line, is it reasonable to conclude that five games out of almost 400 played by the Big 12 this season are enough to skew the whole system? Uh, I'm not smart enough to know that uh, answer. How did he do that math so poorly? Five out of 400. Well, he he went, there was a lot more going on that I skipped over, but that was his bottom line. And he thinks, I think most unbiased observers would say it's unlikely, which again, gets to Lenardi's other issue. Unbiased observers. He's still treating himself like as though he's some sort of unbiased observer, which he's clearly not. Because after you get done with all this stuff where I'm only talking oh, yeah. about facts, Here I talk about the facts only. I'm facts guys. Our job and the committee's job is to spot the outliers and adjust accordingly. That's his job. That's why teams in the bubble with awful schedules generally get banged. The trick is not to be a bubble team to begin with. And the trick is that it's better to be uh-huh. it's, it's, that it's to be better at basketball. Okay, fine. I get all that stuff. That's when he starts to make it personal. P.S. I never said that Wake Forest or any ACC team has recruited poorly. I've simply reported the steep <laughs> decline in seeding for steep ACC decli- teams. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. That's true. Yes. This could be related to recruit- recruiting, coaching, resources, the weather, the uniforms. Who knows? But what is undisputable <laughs> is that the ACC is the best college basketball of conference of all time. That hasn't been the past few years. It's That's also indisputable. And any coach would tell you when it comes down to players, it all comes down to players. Sure. So don't shoot the messenger. But the problem is you just had a coach call you out for all that stuff about how you're disrespecting yeah. the recent ACC players of the year. Also, like, no offense, you're bracketologist, whatever that, I mean, that's a made up thing. We all understand that. That's just a made up job title but what regardless like that's what you do so shouldn't you be the one to explain to all of us why it is that the committee regards the ac like you tell us it's like that he acts like that's the like oh well maybe they're just not recruiting as well that's the only reason it's like we're in the transfer porter portal era bro like what do you mean you gotta have some context as to whatever he acts like he wants to just throw up his hands if it's an issue that's not like directly related to the bracket it's like no but it all plays in together and you've got to understand what you're talking about i think my biggest issue with joe lenardi has been and continues to be you want to argue on facts because you are in the numbers business. I'm just trying to give you a cold view of what the committee yeah. is trying to do. Basically, our conversations with yeah. Patrick Stevens. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. why Patrick's the best. Right. Patrick, yeah. like you can't throw Patrick off his game. He's married to the numbers and his bobbleheads. Yeah. I, I think Joe Lenardi's at a crossroads, right? Yeah. Like he, he can't, he's trying to hold on potentially to what he thinks he, he is. He has an idea of what his job is. And that's not really what he is in reality anymore. Well, if that's the case, which gets gets to my ultimate point. Yeah. Pick a lane. I'm not saying to stay in your lane. I'm not telling you to stay in your lane. There's a distinction here. And I think Steve Forbes was trying to do the same thing at Wake Forest earlier this week. I'm not telling you to stay in a lane. I'm asking you to pick a lane. Right. Because when you go on social media and you want to argue with coaches and when you argue with fans Mm -hmm. about how, hey, I'm only presenting the facts. Okay, cool. Then stick to the facts. And then don't get caught up in giving your opinion yeah. about where you think it's, the ACC is based on, all right, if you want to tell me the facts are the ACC is here based on right. all these numbers, I cannot argue with you because I can see the same websites you do. I can see the same metrics you do. I cannot argue with those facts. But when you start to say, but look at the ACC players of the year, like, that's, that's an so opinion. Stu- and it's so like, it's such it's, a dumb argument. It hurts my head. It's an, op- it's a- it is an opinion. When you and I talk about coaching, 
the level of coaching. Sure. That's another opinion yes. at that point of how we feel these coaches are doing compared to other coaches. Probably a doing. better argument, by the way, when you look at the recent past and hopefully yeah. some schools trending better. So Lenardi, <laughs> when I say he's tweeting through it, is that I don't think he understands what people's true issue is. Yes. Yeah, I, he well, should explain right. that the big this here's what the Big Twelve has done. Yes. And I, I gotta be honest with you, we we've had multiple conversations with Paul Brazo, mm-hmm. Steve Forbes, Kevin Keats, and they've all said to Josh Pastner, they've all said to us uh that Gavitt comes and talks to them about the selection process. They've told us straight up that they've hired as on a on a consultant basis, Michigan State's basketball ad mm-hmm. no because remember no. michigan state forever they have the best p- college um, basketball pr people on earth that's all i'm gonna but say michigan state forever <laughs> had the hardest schedule there were some down years i remember Izzo being in winston-salem i think it was 07 right you just you wouldn't know any of this ever happened and, because and they, of the way it was that's what they, i'm saying but like, what i'm saying is they, they got in with like an 18 and 14 record because of their scheduling Right. And, and it so was the, the same ACC, earlier this year when they were struggling. They were yeah. still in the field, at least in part. And the ACC yep. went to them and said, how do, we, do that? how do we help our scheduling? So when you look at the ACC, what they've done, uh, Clint Gwaltney at Carolina. Yes. Look at the schedule oh, that yeah. Carolina had this year. He's, yeah. he's great at it. Are you kidding me? Carolina had an amazing basketball schedule yes. this year. Fantastic. You Duke know, had a really good schedule. Do you know what's really going to help Carolina in March? That's good. Watching Tennessee take off like a rocket and knowing, wait a second, we beat, beat them. them. Yeah. We beat them. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like I watched Tennessee last night and the team I thought about was Carolina and the win that they have over them. So it doesn't take a lot to add that context if you're Joe Lenardi. Like, hey, I get it. Yes, conferences actually do get together mm-hmm. and talk about this because mm-hmm. they're as confused as everybody else. Here's my thing. It's also their livelihood. It's like, yeah, when we talk to Steve Forbes, right? They want to get the tournament. Livelihood. Like literally, he will get fired or not right. eventually based on right. making this tournament. Like it's not just them being like ACC pride. We want more. Like it's literally their job. My thing is, I'm so tired of the gaslighting from he and others at ESPN and whatever about like what it is that we're actually talking about. Like you said, like he's not even addressing what people are upset about. No one ever said. Who has said that the ACC is the best basketball? Like, who has made that case to him? The only, in, in, the a, in only, an earnest way. The only argument that people throw back at Lenardi and others who want to bring up the ACC's metrics as they currently are is the NCAA tournament success. Rich, I don't love that as a rebuttal personally. I mean, but it's fair to look at in terms of have those teams been underseeded? Yeah, see, me. I think that's what ultimately yes. people should be asking. Yes. I, it's a, okay. Because you're right. I'm, I'm with you. I think Paul's surmising here, too. This comment. I like this. Uh, what? Uh, from Paul? Oh, yeah. uh, shout out to Paul Beam. Uh, Carolina Marching Tar Heel legend. Uh, the fact that a person who is paid by ESPN is shitting on a league that uh-huh. ESPN has a media rights deal with there is very telling about the way ESPN yeah. views the I, ACC. They I would mean, never do like, this. They would never do this with the SEC. No, they're no. literally like, and that's the thing. It's not the, like we literally are coming off of a, a football season of this. Are we not? Mm-hmm. And by the way, like, Yes. Has the ACC deserved to be like shat upon for its football in the past? Of course it has. But yeah. did it do pretty decent like in the non-con last yeah. year and like overall? Yeah. Yes. But did that stop everyone from wring- wringing their hands anytime? You know what I mean? Like it was the same shit. And like we can see through it. We are not stupid. 
That's all. The part about, <laughs> and we'll close the conversation here. The part about the NCAA tournament success that people like to bring up, to your point, Lauren, that's actually a conversation that should be had about whether or not NET is doing its job and the committee is well, also it's, doing its job it's when it predictive. comes to seating. Yeah, it's not predictive. It's not supposed to be predictive, right. but it's supposed to be a slotting. Okay, well, if you're slotting these things to where you feel these teams are, where they should be, is Are you committee, valuing the right parts of the yeah. equation here, basically? Is, like, And is yeah. the committee doing a good enough job taking the measurements and the tools that are available to them and applying it to the tournament bracket the way that it should? And you have to ask yourself the question, okay, well, if we feel the ACC is quote-unquote bad right. or down, let's not say bad, it's down according to the metrics, well, then why is it that they keep going further than other conferences over the last couple it, of years? See, you say that. Watch this year. Watch this year. Everybody will play it. We'll see. I mean, they were due, and that's we'll the thing. That's something that happens in the in the tournament and they, from and if time they don't, to time. And if, and if they don't produce the tournament, then we can simply say, you know what? The tournament produced results that were finally in line with what people oh, thought about the I, ACC. I, I, I need to yeah. get my Pastner positivity day daily Aww. dose of Pastner positivity. Okay, can you get? Is there like a sounder that? Uh, I mean, I can try with, to find with Duke's. Here. <laughs> Maybe not. Um. Uh, okay, that's okay. It's appropriate. Applause is appropriate. Okay. I don't know how extended that needed to be, but uh, should I pick up the phone from Aaron Beard? Does yeah. he know? Okay. With last night's performance by Duke, they are now at number twenty-five in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. That means they are now with North Carolina. Did they just game the net? <laughs> they are now with North Carolina. They have the profile of a national champion at number eight adjusted yeah. offense and number 25 adjusted defense. Carolina, this is the flip side, 25 adjusted offense, seven adjusted defense. So while we all keep talking about how down the ACC is, here are two teams statistically out of eight in the country that fit the profile that traditionally of a team that wins the national championship. There That's go. all I'm going to say. There you go. We'll we'll close it on that. All right, Lauren. All right. Good hanging out. We'll see you later. Thanks for letting me yell at Joe Lenardi for a little bit. I just I, was it cathartic? Did it feel good? Don't, don't gaslight me. Don't talk to me like I'm an idiot. Did it feel good? Felt great. Actually. Okay, good. All right, good. All right. I, I'm so discombobulated right now. I don't even know what I'm doing. I Except say, I like being obvious. But you're not. I'm, Sorry. I'm not. Uh, you've got much better hair than obvious does. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, a little bit of housekeeping here. So let me go ahead and hit the housekeeping sounder, shall we? Housekeeping. I'm going to turn this down too. Dude, that man. was from the uh, other thing. I'm all discounted right now. What was from the other thing? When you had a turn up. What's his name? Oh, yeah, that's right. When I turn up from Van Pelt, I'm like, why is everything so loud? Ah, yes, because I had to turn up Van Pelt. Anyway, uh, 321, we'll be talking about the NCAA tournament. March 21st, we're going to be at Longleaf. Longleaf has jumped on board to help us out. Big fans of their food. I'm actually going to be there on Friday night. It's kind of becoming obvious tradition to head on over to Longleaf on a Friday night. Can you do it for me? Can you do it for me the this pot time? Pie? I'll get, get the, the pot chicken pie. pot pie. I'll get so the, I will get the pot pie this time. There's money, always money in the banana stand. There's always parking on Edenton. Go check them out. Longleaf Swine. Open for lunch Wednesday through Sunday. Dinner as well. So yeah, we're going to be out there for March 21st. That is the first uh, Thursday of the NCAA tournament. One o'clock special live show. We're going to have bourbon for people for like the yes. first couple people and, who and show I up. I think I found the appropriate gift. 
There's an Armando Baycott, like a thousand rebound club shirt that's being sold at Dick's. Oh, really? That I think I have to get for our people. All right. I'm down with it. I'm absolutely down with it. Also down with Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. Hit them up. Bugsbite.com. And you can bundle and save both your warm season mosquito treatments for the outside and, of course, taking care of things on the inside of the house. Very, very important. Again, that's bugsbite.com. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline from 94 Through the Game out in Greenville. He is Steven Igo. We talk some pirates because, folks, it's baseball season. You might not have realized this, but the baseball season did start up because that's what you think about in mid-February. Well, hey, college baseball. And we've already had the story of the year in all of college we have. sports. We have. So you could shut that whole conversation down. <laughs> and it's, and it's in Greenville with ECU. Hey guys, I was uh, I was really hoping you would include me on the net conversation because as somebody who covers ECU, I don't get the chance to to discuss it very much uh, with basketball. But uh, I'll talk some baseball for sure. I, I, one day ECU will be in that discussion, like App State is. You know, they just number one seed in the Sun Belt, right? People are already worried about what's going to happen in the with their tournament if they lose. ECU will be there one day. We'll always have the CIT. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the CIT run uh, as a student at the time, it it was more electric than it sounds. But I think people are just so starving for any basketball success here. It's like I've never seen a program so allergic to sustaining momentum. But that's ECU basketball, and they're actually decent these days. They're still not to the point they need to be. No, they're fine. They have a bunch of transfers. They got a Kansas kid. They got Cam Hayes from the Wolves. Got the Wolf blood. Hey, now that CIT run was magical, man. I remember watching that. I. I I, it was on CBS Sports Network, I think it was. The guy who announced the trophy and everything was reading stuff off his iPhone because I don't think he had. I don't think he knew any of the players' names. You're just reading it off. That was a magical moment. Exactly. Magical. Hey, it's not every day you get to go to Weber State and uh, and knock them off to win a CIT championship. So that was a hey, big win, big win for the Pirates. All right, well, Steve and I go hoist the colors. First of all, uh, how is uh, how is your new protege James Gillio uh, helping you with uh, the two four seven sports so far? James is doing great, man. Uh, you, you raised a good one. And uh, the, the biggest thing is, obviously, he's got some experience learning from you, I'm sure, over the years. And uh, so he, he came in with, I think, more wisdom than most. Like most guys come in in that situation as freshmen, uh, kind of deer in the headlights. But he kind of knew, I, I guess, a little bit to ex- what to expect. Good. I think he shadowed you a few times. But uh, he's done a good job. I told you the real test will come when he's got to make yeah, his first right. appearance okay. on our radio show. Oh, the radio show. Oh, boy. Uh, right over my shoulder there, you see the picture of me and Colton Tudor. I hope in 20 years, James is sitting here in this studio and there's a picture of you and James right above his shoulder. So uh, no pressure there, I go. But I did mention the story of the year in college sports, and it's Parker Bird at ECU. Uh, a, a horrific boating accident cost him his right leg, and he was able to have an at-bat in ECU's first game of the season. Uh, you were there. Just just describe a little bit what it was like and such an emotional uh, and inspiring moment to see uh, at ECU. Honestly, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's one of those stories where you, you know, when it happened, I covered his recruitment a little bit, so I was familiar with the story. And then when it happened, you you know, you just, you pray, obviously, that he lives. And then the last thing you even think about is this guy going to play baseball again. But then the story became almost right away, he was like, I'm determined 
uh, to play baseball. And, and that was so much of the talk. And then Cliff Goblin was like, we'll do whatever it takes to, to get him on the field. I didn't expect it to be this, this fast. I mean, less than two years removed from getting your leg amputated uh, below the knee. The, the work he's put in, I don't think many people at all could go through what he's been through and, and keep the positive mindset he's kept. It's just amazing that really, you know, you don't want to really say anybody else, like you, you don't want to happen to anybody else, but for it to happen to him, I feel like he was the perfect guy to use this platform the right way. Obviously, a horrific incident, you don't wish that on anybody, but he has made the most of it, which is crazy to say, but now he's he's reached so many people, he's impacted so many people, and that's only going to continue in, into life, further into life. He's obviously going to continue with his baseball career and get as many at-bats. He'll probably play the field. He takes pregame infield guys with the third baseman, and you know at UNC on Friday night this past uh, weekend series, they all had their pant legs down, and you couldn't even tell that he's an amputee. So it's just an amazing story, and what he's been through is, is incredible. I think it's the number of surgeries, first of all, staggering. And it, heck, I, you know, my sons went through two surgeries and you lose a bunch of weight. When I saw him walk to the plate in that opener, my initial thought was this kid has worked his ass off mm-hmm. to get to the weight that he is. Like he is in really, really good shape. He's in amazing shape. Um, and you mentioned his recruiting story. You know, this is not, he had, he had options. This was a kid really people were looking forward to. And it's such a great, uh, such a great moment for them. I'm glad that uh, that he's been... And I look forward to being able to see him play a little bit, too. We'll be up uh, at Sunday's game, Stephen. Uh, you mentioned the Carolina series. ECU ends up winning two of those three. I love what they do um, with that series where they play the games in three different spots and then play them right in a row the way that they do. Just what does it mean for ECU to win that, that last game in Greenville uh, in front of a record crowd? You know, my wife tried to get tickets to that game. They were $100 <laughs> on StubHub. And I'm, Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Uh, we'll be watching that one on TV, okay? So, uh, but what does it mean for for ECU? I think everyone understands this is a program that has had national excellence, but is still trying to break through and get to Omaha to the College World Series. Uh, to have a win like that over over UNC and win the series, what does it kind of do for this group? I think it's huge, just from the standpoint of look, ECU plays in the American, which is a solid baseball league, but for the most part, not a. You know, I think last year in. in was a multi-bid league only because Tulane beat them in the American League Championship. And without that, it was just going to be a solo bid league with ECU. And as you guys know, you need marquee series wins to host regionals, to host super regionals. ECU gets an early season one potentially over North Carolina as long as the Tar Heels kind of live up to expectations. So it, it was a more important series for ECU just because they don't have the you know the, the opportunities that UNC does. Every week in ACC play just about, they have a chance to – to get a marquee series win, whereas ECU is going to have to play UTSA, Wichita State teams that you don't expect necessarily to make the tournament. So it was key. And then, look, I mean, East Carolina fans, you guys know the deal. Anytime you can beat an in-state opponent, whether it's an ACC score or somebody like UNCW or, or anybody like that, it's a big deal. And you don't have 6,000 people show up to a, to a baseball game in February in most places across the country. And I give UNC fans credit, too. They really showed out in Fayetteville and in Chapel Hill on Friday. It's just an awesome series. It's what college sports should be. You know, all this conference realignment, it it just we've gotten away from in-state regional rivalries, and it's just college baseball can kind of take you back to maybe how it should be or how it once was a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting as uh, the college football playoff continues to make even the point of conferences moot uh, with the reports about automatic qualifiers and, and everything else. We went through that debate this year in football, when you know Carolina plays App State or if NC State plays ECU, and 
the usual cry from NC State or North Carolina fans is, oh, you know, why do we want to do this? This is we get we get nothing out of this. What are you talking about? Like it actually makes you feel something, and, y'all. And you're interested. People are interested. You're actually interested in this. And I think we still see this with baseball, even if there are times where there are some thoughts that maybe some teams don't want to play each other, right? It's been amended. Uh, Elliot and Cliff have found found they finally yeah. found common ground. Good they actually are on much better terms now. Now, okay, good. three years ago, it was a problem. It was, uh, a problem. but not. I, I agree, guys. I mean, it. yeah, that was the rain, not rain yeah, delay, yeah. the equivalent of the Duke Carolina. That's right, the rain, not storm. rain, and then of course there was a guy who transferred to state too. That kind of that guy. was this year. That was this yeah, year. Uh, yeah, look, Alex Makarevich is that player. Look, yeah, look, that's going to be a story. Steven, here's the thing, man. Like, this is where casual, like, I at best am like casual ACC baseball guy. Like, I know enough to like get a general sense of what's going on. So I'm the worst person. I'm like, wasn't there a guy who did this? And you're like, oh, geez, not this again. <laughs> yeah, before we let you get out of here, I go and it's uh, hoist the colors 247. And you can see the, the banner there also 94 3 the game in Greenville. Football, I, I think spring practice is getting going. I, I went to one game this year. The home schedule really was somewhat atrocious. Uh, the team on offense was atrocious. Defensively, I thought they were competitive. Uh, but two and ten, Mike Houston coming back for year five. Just give us a give us a vibe check on ECU football. And and obviously, uh, I, I really like Mike Houston. I think he's a really good coach. Uh, but obviously, he's coaching for his job. Yeah, it's it's a critical year, and that's why they've rebooted the entire offense, and they've put some a good amount of money from the collective into the transfer portal, and basically reloaded on offense. They brought in quarterback transfer Caten Hauser from Michigan State. They also brought in Jake Garcia, formerly of Missouri and Michigan. Those two guys will battle it out. New offensive coordinator John David Baker. He was the co OC at Ole Miss. So. They're basically going to go what it sounds like, at least from a pretty conservative offense to a up tempo offense, and then. The defensive coordinator returns. You return your whole, basically, defensive line group, uh, a lot of the linebackers and corners. So the theory is, you know, they had a top 40 defense last year. They were in a ton of games. Two and ten, obviously not ideal, but they just could not finish games because the offense was honestly horrific. And so the hope is, hey, fix the offense, mesh it with the defense. Easier said than done, of course, and you you could have a pretty good team. The schedule came out today. And there's not a game on the schedule they can't win. There's zero power five opponents. It's not a great schedule from a optic standpoint, but at the same time, you have a chance to win some games. And uh, yeah, they're going to have to win some games to, to, you know, for Mike Houston to keep his job. But last year, I feel like was a blip. You know, based on his background, they had to make changes offensively. They did. We'll see how it yeah. works out in 2024. But the apps are in Greenville. I'll be there in, they in are. Greenville for that one. Yeah. Okay. I think that could become a good robbery game. So I'm looking forward to that it. one. You know, I, they should both be in the irate Gilio conference with state and West Virginia. <laughs> should we do a t-shirt for that? Yes. Let's do it. Yeah. Maybe let's, let's go. Let's ride. It's like, you, it's like, are you going to be in, in the stadium with James that weekend? Uh, yeah, that, that'll be one that we go to. I don't think it's parents weekend. Though. They don't need to waste parents weekend so. on that one. Now, are right? you going, are you going to like observe as a media member? Or are no, you just going to no, go no, we'll get to tickets? The, you're going to go yeah. to the jungle, just get lit. Uh, well, no, I'm going to be in the jungle on Sunday. That's okay. baseball. Okay. Um, so we're, we'll be at, cause again, tickets for Sunday's game are like $25. I'm like, okay, buddy, what are we doing here? Okay. Find a man. No, I just, I think there's con- great. What I'm getting at here is what I'm getting at here is I feel like there's potential concept with you hanging out in the jungle. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I'll be there. Sunday. So Joe right. Gillio will be in the jungle. Yes. Sunday. I'll, I'll find my purple spectrum. Yeah, on uh, on uh, Five Flowers? That'd be even better. Uh, you know, did, are they selling drinks there? They're right? selling yeah. drinks there, right? Absolutely. Okay, yeah, yeah we're, we're in. That's what I want to see. That's yes. what I want to see. All right. <laughs> we appreciate the time, man. Absolutely. All right, see, take see care of that other Julio, will you? I'll try. Try my best. Right. Him away. <sighs> yeah, you mentioned your sweater. Let's, let's talk about your sweater here in a second because you were very adamant about the sweater that you're wearing today. Hold on a second. thank some sponsors first big thanks to breeze through for sponsoring ovies and julio check them out locations across the triangle pnc arena it gets a lot of attention this time of the year for us i know when i do the beer podcast the vice podcast with the guys over at graffiti uh, i'm usually going past the one on chapel hill road on my way back hit that one all the time by what was the home office no more yeah but uh yeah breeze throughs across all locations in the triangle and north carolina we appreciate them big thanks to butcher's market as well. You know what's better than ancient family Ovia's fajita chicken secrets? The next day? The next nacho, day. Nacho them up? Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Nacho them up. So you can get that. I know that I have. we have a listener who's been adamant about what? What do you keep say? Going, keep going. Keep we going. have a listener who's adamant about the Italian stuffed chicken. That's on the list. Yeah, I will be getting around to that. I just know I'm going to need a nap after that. Can I get a nice wine with it? What are you chuckling about? <laughs> I get the comment. Oh, from Daniel. <laughs> I mentioned App State. Let's go. Hey! <laughs> You never know. My kid might end up there. So that's why maybe I got to get on the on the App State bandwagon. Just saying. It's a thing that can happen. It is a thing that can happen. So again, go check out Butcher's Market locations across the triangle. And of course, Hometown Realty, who will be presenting our coverage of the ACC tournament in Washington, D.C. on an OG Sleek Fleet Live brought to you by Copiers Plus. Yes. Stacks on Let's stacks on stacks. Go. But in all seriousness... Give me that NASCAR jacket. In all seriousness... <laughs> Buying, selling a home, you need people who know the area. They understand where things are in the market. Hometown Realty yeah. can help. Check them out, myhcr.com. Especially if you're selling your home. Mm-hmm. You might think, oh, I've got a handle on this. I, I watched a Netflix documentary. No. no. Go with the experts. Maximize your value. Maximize your experience. Go to myhtr.com. Buy, sell, calculate. So you're wearing this red sweater that Which with the lighting for sure with the lighting comes off a little too orangey because you bullied me. I didn't bully you into getting a red hoodie. How so now I, I have a red hoodie. How did I bully you? Well, you posted a picture from our adventures. Wasn't it our planes, trains, and automobiles? Oh, the one where we we're drinking a beer, yeah. Yeah, and people were like, I can't believe we're light blue. But uh, uh, who wears a light blue? To a state game. First of all, it has, can I be honest? It had like a U, a greenish hue, a sea green nah, hue. Dude. No. I also wondered why you were wearing that hoodie to a state game. Okay. But the end to a Hurricanes game after the fact it is my favorite, my second favorite sweatshirt to my Tar Heel sweatshirt. <laughs> you should have worn that one, honestly. Like, okay, like fine, those, fine. like those doofuses of the Duke game last night, these like four Carolina bros that were behind the Louisville bench who were way more entertaining than the actual Louisville. game. Yeah. All right. So you, you then first you post the picture. Then there was a couple comments, and then we're down in the tunnel getting free drinks. Shouts to the Chung Easy. Um, shouts to hate him too because he came through as well. Yeah. Um, and 
it just so happened to be that the 74 team was walking into the tunnel to do some media. And uh, I, I know Monty Tao obviously from when he was working for Sid and uh, Monty's such a great dude. And he is, is really good friends with Ellie Avent as well. So Monty's walking by and I stop him and I'm talking to him and Tommy Burleson, who I do know as well, just not as well as Tom, as, as uh, Monty stops and he looks at me and he goes, get that Carolina blue shit out of here. Right. It was pretty funny. He, he was kidding. Like yeah. he was giving me a hard time. <laughs> um, and, and by the way, I believe Tommy Burleson has the best record in the history of the conference against Dean Smith mm-hmm. for anybody who played more than one game against Dean Smith. Mm-hmm. All right. So if anybody can say anything adverse about Carolina, it's Tommy Burleson. Yeah. Right. So he says that. And then Monty was like, oh, just leave him alone. It's fine. You can wear whatever you want. So, but you know, the res- in- then the response to that tweet <sighs> okay. was like, who wears a Carolina blue sweatshirt to a state? And it was like, so you went to state and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, okay, fine. Fine. I'll get her. And I even saw Jordan at the game. And I mm-hmm. said, hey, man, apparently I need a red sweatshirt. Like my Deeks, my gold Deeks one. Sure. So, Your Deeks. My Deeks. Home field apparel. And I still have to claim them even after Notre Dame. That's a good point. In your defense, you're right. A context-free tweet. Yeah. Of Tommy Burleson telling Which, you to get that Carolina. And people were kind of taking it like he was dunking on me. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Or was yeah. like mad at me. He was not a, mad. A video would have been better. Yeah, he wasn't mad. He wasn't he was, mad at you. He was... Giving me hard, it, he was giving me a hard time. I thought it was funny. I'm not sure he lost in his career in Carolina. Be perfect. I, I can't know. remember. I thought it was funny. Yeah. As simple as that. I just thought it was funny. I didn't realize it was going to go across that way because people are so serious on the internet. All yes, the time. they are. My bad. Yes. My bad. People are very, very serious on the internet. Speaking of the internet, I was distracted last night at Cameron Indoor because my timeline started to blow up over the college football playoff and this format tweak that's been reported. Have you seen this, Joe? I have not. Oh, boy. You were not online last night, were you? Uh, no. Okay. You know what? It's probably for the best. I probably should do the same sometimes because <laughs> last night was a little distracting. Not going to lie. Although I didn't miss Mark Mitchell's awesome reverse dunk on the Louisville. It was that kind of night. And there wasn't that much of a bad discourse about Kyle Filipowski playing with no issues whatsoever last night against Louisville after what had happened at Wake Forest. Okay. So both Ross Dellinger and um, Pete Thamel over at ESPN had reports about this new format for the college football playoff that is picking up steam and will be further discussed next week. And it's a 14-team format. Now, mind you, we haven't even had a first year of the 12-team format, but we're already ready to move on from the 12-team format to get to this 14-team format. And they've been setting the table. Ross Dellinger and Pete Thamel have been setting the table for the SEC and the Big Ten's power play of getting as many teams as possible or more money. And that's really what this is about. These two conferences with the most amount of teams and the biggest brands want to make sure that they're making the most amount of money off this college football playoff. And there's a couple ways to do this. We can keep the status quo in terms of the format, but the revenue share is going to be dictated that we get more of it, or we can give you the illusion of choice and come up with a format that's always going to guarantee that we have more teams than everybody else, and we go from there. And the format that's been floating, and this is from Thamel's report, is that the SEC and the Big Ten would get three automatic qualifiers. The ACC and the Big 12 would get two automatic qualifiers. The group of five team, best one, would get one automatic qualifier. 
You get three at-large spots with Notre Dame being one of them if and only if they finish in the top 14. Does that make sense? Um, no. <laughs> no. But I, well, I see what, what they're trying what to do. Sense? Well, I mean, the third best team in the SEC almost certainly is going to make it anyway. So it seems like you're making a rule to safeguard against potentially the third best team in the SEC not making the field. I mean, I just think that's... I, I, I don't see how... If the third best team in the SEC, like this year, mm-hmm. right, would have been you had Georgia, Alabama. Well, I forgot. I've already purged okay. that from memory. So, I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, it could, it, it might have been like Tennessee at like nine and four mm-hmm. or nine and three. Like, that. No, it was Missouri. So, yeah, Missouri would have made it anyway. In a 12 team field, Missouri would have made it this year anyway. Yeah. Like, I don't some of this stuff they think way too hard on. Well, I, there's a couple of takeaways that I have from seeing this and the con- the continued conversation about the SEC, the Big Ten, and how they want to go about the college football playoff. And every time from here on out, every time you hear a coach lament about the state of the game, every time you hear a fan talk about, well, this isn't the game that I love or recognize, these players with NIL and all this other stuff, that stuff actually isn't affecting the game in a negative way. What's actually affecting the game in a negative way are the conferences, the college presidents, and the ADs that are going for every last dollar that's available to them. And the way they go about that is by rating teams. They are related because the players are seeing all the money that's floating around. They're the ones who are on the football field playing the games, and they're not seeing a dime of it. So, yeah, they, they should be getting paid what they're worth because they're the ones that are playing the game. I don't see why this is complicated. Yeah, And... The reason why the game and interest in the game might wane over time is because what you actually fell in love with does not look the same anymore. So and never existed. It probably never existed. It probably never existed. If you really want to be honest. So this is just this is just an extension of this, you know, with how they want to go about the college football playoff and these and these 14 teams. And then the other two thoughts that I had were one was related to the ACC and one was related to there was one model that would have solved everybody's problems, and we'd probably still be doing it today. Which one do you want to address first? Whichever one you got. Hit me. Let's address the one model that would have solved everybody's problems in retrospect, but we're all too they were all too dumb to accept it. Do you know what that model was? Mm-mm. The plus one. <laughs> plus one would have solved all the problems, man. Plus one was you play the bowl games as is and yep. then play one extra game between the two best teams. Essentially, you it, coming out of the bowl alliance and into the BCS era, you have all your BCS games and all the games that supposedly matter with all the tie-ins. So the Rose Bowl still exists. The Orange Bowl still exists. The Fiesta Bowl is still a thing. All They all exist. Okay, You have your five big bowl games, the big boys, and everybody's got their tie-ins. Amusingly enough, the way that the tie-ins would have worked would have come out that the SEC and the Big Ten would have more tie-ins and more access than the ACC and the Big 12. Funny how that would work, but that's neither here nor there. You play all the games as they are, not ranking them one through four, just here are your tie-ins. And based on how everybody looked in those bowl games, you then get everybody into a room, you take your top two teams out of that pool of five games, and you play one more game to determine who is the national champion. That's an idea that goes back to early BCS days before the, yes. they had settled on the one through four, two yes. versus three. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. That's those bull alliance into the BCS transition yeah. time. 
that would have solved everybody's problems. Everybody would have been happy with the bowls would have been happy. The ratings for those bowls would be maintained. You wouldn't have opt outs the way you have them now because the bowl games still actually have some stakes to them other than who gets to eat a giant pop tart, which I think is incentive enough, but that's neither here nor there. So RIP, the plus one model, it really would have solved a lot of our problems. Now let's get to the ACC. Okay. While the SEC... Thomas. We we don't have enough time for all that, sir. (laughs) We'll get to that in Hey Joe. Oh my gosh. We'll get get to... This is why I don't like doing live shows. I know. It's just... You see a comment and you go, what? Whoa. You see a comment. Squirrel. Focus, Joe. Focus. I'm locked in. I've already had an unfocused Adam Eshbaugh on the Vice podcast today. It's those gummies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The culprit. So... The ACC and all the stuff that's going on right now. The ACC is in a really shitty spot, but that's by design. The ACC has to admit that they are not at the same level as the Big Ten and the SEC by accepting two automatic qualifiers versus three automatic qualifiers. So it's one thing for the College Football Playoff Committee, headed up by Boo Corrigan, to say, we don't value you and your conference and your best team with their player missing. So we're just going to exclude you as an undefeated team from the college football playoff. That's them saying it. That doesn't mean you have to accept it. That doesn't mean you have to accept it. And you know me, and we've discussed this. The ACC did a poor job showing their displeasure with what happened in the college football playoff. And that's a direct indictment of Jim Phillips as commissioner of the ACC. I don't think the ACC is guaranteed two spots here, but this is a 14 team. This would be the 14 team. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it. Probably take it. So that's the thing. When you do that though, you are admitting you are agreeing. No, they are that. No. Yeah. You know what? You're right. We are not to this level. So we'll take it. That's pretty damning, but that doesn't help. That doesn't help with, that does not help with your conference. Because essentially what you're doing is you're devaluing yourself. You're devaluing your own level within the ESPN ecosystem. And what's probably going to happen is... Yeah, but that's pride talking. Oh, that's pride talking? Is that pride stinging at you? Butch, that's pride. Okay. So you're saying the ACC should just go ahead and go down on the third round? That's pride talking. Okay. I I don't know if I agree. I would take the guarantee. Because there there will be years. There will be years where they only get one team in. There will be. There will be many years, actually. If the thing were to play out over 10 times, I would tell you the ACC would get a second team in five times. I think they would be lucky. I think that's recency bias showing up. No. That's recency bias. That's no. recency bias. The, the problem also will be the format because you're going to, this is what they originally had feared. Yeah. Right? When Florida, so let's just say Florida State, Clemson run hot. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, they're guaranteed to play once a year. Now, if they play in the ACC championship game, that be- almost becomes an elimination game. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I don't. I well, I would. I would take. I'm. I'm saying. I'm serious. Uh, first of all, the 12 team format is not going to play out over 10 years, so we'll never have this. Well, data they're point. never. They're never going to get to this data <laughs> point. I think they're going to do it for a year because that's what's. It's too late to yeah. change it now. Yeah. So I think it's by 2026 they want to get this thing going. But here's the other thing. Whatever format they agreed to is only going to last for so long because conference realignment's not over. Right. Because I do think that the ACC admitting, yeah, we're just not at that level. We only get two automatic qualifiers is going to embolden other schools to be like, well, then why are we here? If we don't have the same level of access, yeah, well, then why are we here? That's already happening. I think it's only going to, it's going to expedite stuff, which of course gets to some of the Hey Joe questions we've been getting as of late as it relates to um, 
to North Carolina and NC State and, and Florida State and everything else. But yeah, that's what came out last night. And that's where things seem. We'll probably get an idea of where these things are going next week. I just think it's hilarious that we haven't even made it through one fourth 12 team college football playoff. We need to change it. And the SEC and the Big Ten are arguing we either need more money or more access. Which one's it going to be? The, cho- the choice is yours, which isn't really much of a choice in the grand scheme of things, but that's where we are with the college football playoff. And it makes the, uh, it makes the whole thing about, you know, Jim Phillips and the, well, we're not doing anything with, I, I believe in them. They're not doing anything nefarious. Like, dude, you basically just said, what are you going to do? Stab me. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're going to stab you. Beer. Um, they're shorties. They don't count. Is that what that is? These don't count? Yeah, they count. No. Nah. I mean, we're going to Longleaf after that. Do they, do they count there? Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. <laughs> do they count there? No. Okay. Big thanks. Maybe we just we, have to pay for it. You know what, though? <laughs> Maybe we should ask Whitaker and Hammer to come up with a legal that argument says, that these yes. are not counting. Shorties don't count. <laughs> Maybe that's what my, we need to do. My, my, uh, yeah, you can't really tell this story, but he's 80. It's fine. Um, you know, back in the day, mm-hmm. drinking and driving laws were, were, were lax. Let's just say it was a different time. It was Joe. a different time. The so, doctor was smoking while you, well, your mom was giving birth and right. they let you drive the car on the way home. It was a different yeah, time. Yeah, it was just different. But I, I, I tell this story to illustrate that, uh, my dad would have a six pack of beer and then he would drink two mm-hmm. and then he would get home. And then my mom was, he'd say to my mom. Oh man, they sold me another one of those four packs. I just don't know. I gotta stop going to that package store. They there's always two missing. That is such a great dad joke. <laughs> Your dad dad joke. There's just always two missing. And my and let's combine that with my dad's dad joke. Because you know what my dad's move is at a restaurant, right? I've I've told you this story. Mm-mm. So okay, so here's here's an empty shorty, right? So oh yeah, yeah. There's so, a hole in the bottom of this. Yeah, if we were at if we were at Longleaf. <laughs> You know, server comes up. It's like, oh, you know, is everything okay? Everything okay? It's like, no. Server was like, oh, geez, okay, what's going on here? What's going on? It's like, I think I got a defective bottle. And the, you know, the waiter was like, what? Like, yeah, I think my bottle's defective. I think it sprung a leak. There was beer in here at one point, but it's all gone now. It's all missing. It's gone. It must have leaked out. Ah, funny guy. Still does it to this day. He thinks it slays. It kind of does. It does. Come anyway, on. Whitaker and Hamer, check them out. WH.lawyer. <laughs> if somebody does try to sell you a bill of goods. Hey, hey now you know it's related. Is. Legal. <laughs> check out Matt Davis, State Farm, insuregarner.com, 919-779-8277, voginsurance.com, or use that QR code. Yeah, now that we're in current times, yeah, drinking driving is not a thing to do. Don't do it. It's also... Uh, Your insurance rates are going to go through the yeah. roof. You also want to be the best... Uh, customer that you could possibly be for your insurance company. And they, and you know what Matt Davis and his crew will do in return, be the best company they can be for you and help you save money. All you got to do is reach out 919-779-8277. Also big thanks to Homefield. Check them out. Homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code OG23. Again, I'm rocking Jillio's Deeks. Big four tournament champs. I've never been more proud. Lenardi champions. I've never been more proud. Why are you proud? We have a long history of uh, gifts. And and you struggle with those gifts, but you you I think you genuinely like this gift. No, I'm serious. This is a good thing. Okay. Right? The the dearly departed cat dad mug that can't be found. 
I this, told you this, what happened to this that. shirt. I love that. You've mug. now worn this shirt multiple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I like it. The cat dad mug. No, no, no. There, there's you, no coming back from the cat dad no. mug. I was not trying to pull the band-aid there. I was just plus look behind you. What? You still have the cat calendar. I do. By the way, when we were here on Monday, we have a new kitty of the month. Can't wait to unveil the pussy. Good times. Now, that being said, that cat dad mug. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't know what happened. We're not relitigating the cat. I I enjoyed that you mug. Took your I eye used, off the prize. I used that mug, but I did the classic thing: is that you you're right. I took my eye off the prize, and it went missing in an office. Mm. I don't know what to do about it, man. I just don't know what to do about mm. it. Anyway, homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code. <laughs> Always in the home field. Oh, gee, oh gee. Always twenty three. I hear the Hey Joe questions are calling. It's Wolfpack and Demon Deeks. Quite stylish. Eh, needs some work. Oh, I'm not Rand. Nah, that's a good point. That's a good one. It needs a little bit of work. Just a little bit of work. All right, let's get out of here on some Hey Joe questions. Uh, if you've got any Hey Joe questions, just leave them in the comments because we'll read them at this point. Uh, from Bull City Coordinators, reach out to Blenheim for your soda sponsorship needs. Best ginger ale you'll find. I believe that's how South of the Border still exists, by the way. Uh, ben, you're right, man. We got to reach out. Let's go get him. No, I'm, I'm looking at Justin's comment. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Oh, I should have seen this with Timmy. Brownlow, please. Timmy Ann, please have Brownlow comment on Shire's face oh, reaction yeah, to the yeah. court storm. It, 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 was like it, was, so, it was like the baby fell in a well. Like yes. It was like there was crisis mode. Oh yeah. my gosh. It's funny because I and going back and watching that, yeah, you had not seen that face since 2010. It's been a minute. It's been a hot minute, man, when you saw that Shire face. It was definitely on point. Uh from BK Ron, I have started watch hate watching NC State. Sam with the same thing. Saturday will be a great state hate watch. For sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. This is from Justin. <laughs> Quite surprised there hasn't been a combine segment. Was really looking forward to what day and what drill you're looking forward to the most. How am I supposed to function during the combine? That's an all-time great comment, first of all. But this is how bad the combine is. It broke Peter King. It, it forced him to retire. It did. It really did. If you're, if you're that miss- will be the lasting legacy of the combine. If you're, if you're missing, not Mike Mabula, but no, this was the NFL event. That broke the premier NFL reporter. If you're uh, if you're missing context here, Peter King wrote his final column, his Monday morning quarterback column, and in that, like right off the jump, he said, "Yeah, you know, the further the longer I did this and everything else, you know, you're supposed to look forward to things, and I would not look forward to having to write about the combine. And I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. We should take a break. We should have a dead period. I couldn't agree with Peter King even more. Skyline chili takes aside." Actually, I don't mind Skyline Chili. It's, a, it's got a little cinnamon to it. I'm not not that big of a deal. <laughs> Forgot Davis was our high point fan. <laughs> Does Jillio bet on the combine? Uh, no, I can have, you? You can. Yeah, there's different ways you can. No, I've I've not. I've bet on the Pro Bowl. I've bet on the East West Shrine Game. I have bet on Filipino basketball. Unbeknownst to me, Richard Howell played for Tippy Tapa. Legend. Great moments in in uh, Law of the Wolf history. Me discovering that Rich, big and rich, played for Tippy Tapa. 
from David, if we're making Pulp Fiction references, the ACC is definitely the gimp. Ouch. Dang. Ouch. From Bourbon Ken, they should just adopt the Champions League format and give slots into the CFP to conferences that did well the previous year in the playoffs. The appearance of fairness without it. That's true. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could see that. Oh, I, I promised Thomas we get to the Panthers. Give me a reason for why I should renew my Panthers pumpkin spice lattes. Can't even resell them for face value. No, you can't. Cannot recoup. At this point, it's a sunk no. cost. It is a sunk cost at this point. But it was from the second that you got them. So. Oh, well, the PSLs? Yeah. Yeah, it's a donation. I mean, it's a tax write-off, I would assume. I no, know it is on the college level. I, I don't think it's a tax write-off anymore. I think they changed the tax laws on well, that. I'm assuming if, if you're a, a personal seat license holder in Charlotte, you're probably a little bit old school. There. Yeah, probably, probably. Um, we talked about this a little bit yesterday with the, with the price, the price is going up at a variety of different things. And it's funny, despite the fact that the NFL just raised its salary cap because they've got so much TV money coming in on the local level, the number still has to go up. Yeah. It's infinite growth, even though they've probably um, hit. Uh, yeah, until until it hits its boxing face, which it will. Ah, uh, I, I think we're a few years away from that. No, next twenty. Yeah, okay. they got twenty more. They got to run in them. And it's like the newspaper business. They got to run in them. <laughs> they got one more hey, run. Hey, we got to run on us with this podcast, right? And one from Vance. Can Saturday save Kevin's job? Keeps his job. I, again, I've said this many times on this podcast and on the Law of the Wolf. I don't think the conversations that are happening. Over on Western Boulevard are the same conversations that NC State fans are having. Yeah, that might disappoint some. Not people. with you on that, uh, but barring a a catastrophic ending here, which you know, in fairness to this team, they do keep fighting. You know, within games they fight, and from game to game they usually fight. Uh, I do expect them to lose on Saturday. I fully expect them to win on Monday though against Duke in Raleigh. Um, I can see that playing out. From T, we had a family vacation trip in the Vista Cruiser with no seatbelts. No, yeah, no. That sounds about right. And yeah, there were no seatbelts, man. Yeah, from Steve, drove across the country laying in the back seat window. Hell yeah, man. That was the move back in the day. The gunner seats. It's, a, it's amazing we survived. You know, like, look, even a three year difference, like the differences between when Caleb was born in 2008 and when Jacob was born in 2011 and what was and what was not acceptable it was pretty funny. Like when Caleb was born, you could still have the bumpers on the um, crib. Oh, yeah. They, but now they would, but now they're like, themselves. no, you can't have that. And then my mom would laugh. She's like, you should have seen how you were set up to sleep. And then it was like back is best. Like all, there's all sorts of oh, crazy yeah, stuff. It changes, right? right? It changes all the time. And then there was the monitors, right? So when Caleb was born, video monitors were like a super, one. super yeah. pricey level. So we just got the walkie-talkie, the glorified yeah. walkie-talkie. Yeah. Um, but then now it's like a ring security system for your baby with like yeah. motion sensors and various other stuff. I mean, I don't know, man. That would stress me out. Like, there's a real problem. Monitor. But anyway, it's just funny how the technology comes along. Again, my parents always joke. Based on how the rules and regulations are you today. people. <laughs> and how it was when you were born, it's amazing you even survived. 
So, well, there's a reason there's a whole generation the way I, that it is because uh, of the way we were all yeah. older than us, a little bit older than us yeah. is where it started. Yeah, well, a, a little bit point. older than me, I should say, is how we got the whole boomerang around too. That's a good point. Let's now, you know, helicopter every single little <sighs> minutia of everyone's life. Brutal, brutal. All right. That's going to wrap it up for today's OG Sleek Fleet Live. Check them out. Sleek-fleet.com. Talk about stylish. That's Sleek Fleet. Sleek Fleet, Sleek Fleet in style, sleek-fleet.com and also download that DraftKings app because on Monday, we're going to have some deals for you. The official gambling partner of the OG is DraftKings. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.